last week we kicked off a brand new series. Today's week two. And so if you have your Bibles, would you open it up to Psalm chapter 24. We're going to read verses, verse 8, just one verse today. And so if you don't know where Psalms is in your Bibles, that's all good. You can look at the table of contents to find it. We do that here at our church. And if you don't have a Bible, frequently ask question, what if I don't have a Bible, FAQ? It's okay, because everything I read is going to be up on the big screen behind me. You can just follow along up there, all right? And so the title of what I want to talk about today is called A Heart to Fight. A Heart to Fight. So last week, uh, for those of you who are here, we did a baby dedication uh, where we had a baby that was born recently and we dedicated to the Lord. And it was so good, and it, it reminded me of... Uh, a story I heard from a pastor who told me about a baby dedication that he was talking to the parents and he was telling them uh, how he wanted it to, that this baby be brought up in a Christ-centered, God-honoring home. And the older daughter that was in the standing up with him came up after very sad to talk to him and said, but I want to stay with my parents. And, and she, he was like, well, honey, what's the problem? And she said, well, I, you said that you wanted us to be raised in a God-honoring, Christ-centered home, but I want to stay with my parents. <laughs> and so I guess it's just a reminder for us to be praying for our parents who maybe have a lot of struggles that they're going with. But it was really good to have a baby, uh, a baby dedication. And this week, we had our baptism. We got a lot going on today. It's pretty cool. We got a baptism. We had our back-to-school prayer. We have food. And today we're actually celebrating a special day in our church history. We are celebrating our 13th anniversary as a church. So we could celebrate that. Yes. Yes. I want to talk to, about, I want to, talk to you today about Jesus for a few moments. And Jesus, a lot of times we think of him as a very nice, safe guy, He's this, you know, really nice guy. Some people have, people describe Jesus as this, you know, blonde hair, long blonde hair, blue-eyed Jesus. I, I've never met a Middle Eastern Jew that has blonde hair or blue eyes, but they say that anyway about him. Um, I probably would disagree with that, but anyway, they say that about, they say that, you know, he's just this guy, this nice, safe guy. You know, the Bible does teach that he's a loving, that he's a loving God. And they also talk about him uh, as a brave God. And, you know, there's a bunch of different pictures and images in the Old Testament to describe who God is. One of the pictures of him, one of the metaphors is that, and there's so many of them and they're pretty powerful, is that God is our fortress. Do we have that? We do. Okay. So there's an image there in the Old Testament about God being our fortress. There's an image about God being our shelter. There's an image about God being our shield. There is an image about God being our redeemer. He's our rock. He's our savior. He's our salvation. He's our consuming fire. He is the king of glory. A lot of different images of God in the Old Testament. And, and so that's what I want to read. It's Psalm 24, verse 8. It says this. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. And I want to read that again. And it, as you notice in the verse there, there's a question. 
So I'm going to ask the question, and I want all of us to participate with great Doral Vineyard enthusiasm. Are you ready? All right, I'm going to ask you again on the count of three. I want you to answer the question, who is this king of glory? One, two, three. The strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. You see, Jesus is God in the flesh. And one of his characteristics is although he's full of love, and he is. And although he's full of grace, which he is, he is also a strong and mighty God. And he's mighty in battle. And Jesus said this of himself in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. He said, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but I came, but as a what? He, he said, but I came, help me out, but a sword. He came with a sword. He came with a heart to fight. And as a brave fighter for battle, he knew he had to set things right that were here on earth. He came to fight, last week we learned, for the heart of his king and to set things right. And he came into the temple, and, and the people there, the merchants and the businessmen that were there, had turned this temple into a den of thieves. And they had been robbing people by hiking up prices to the point of exploitation, and they had been exploiting people. And so Jesus comes in, and what does he do? He overturns these tables, right? And he makes this whip, and he drove them out because he had a heart to fight in order to set things right where it had been wrong. Or like the time, and I love the story, where Jesus was teaching in the temple in his, in his own hometown. And the people in his own hometown, were, were, they got mad at him because of what he was saying. And a mob of people, they formed a huge group and decided to kill Jesus by driving him off a cliff. And, and so they wanted to push him off. And the scripture says that he turned, and when he did, the crowd parted. He, he turned at the crowd, and the crowd parted. And the scriptures doesn't really tell us what he did or what happened or why the crowd parted, but it says that the crowd parted. Maybe, you know, Jesus just gave him one of those looks, you know, one of those fierce looks. Like, you know, it happens to me all the time. People look at me, and I just do this, and people just part out of the way. You know, I, I don't know what it was, but Jesus, I don't know if he had an angel behind him that was real big and fierce, and, you know, he kind of did one of these, you know, and people just kind of parted. I, I don't know, but, but he, they backed off. They split up, and, and Jesus is there, and, and, and he, he gets away, and, and after he gets away, he, he's so brave that he, he was ready for battle that he shed his blood on a cross. He shed his blood on a cross for three days and three nights. He did spiritual battle that we may never understand. And when he did this battle against every force of wickedness that the devil, the demons in hell, he took on death, sin, and grave. And Jesus won the most important battle in the history of the world. And he defeated all these forces of darkness. And the stone rolled away and he walked out risen as the king of kings and the, lords, and the lord of lords. The bravest fighter to ever live. The fiercest fighter that ever lived. And when he returns, he's not going to return, let me just tell you, on a donkey. He's going to come, and he's going to come on a white horse, and he's going to come fierce. And, let me, and look at what John prophesied at the return of Jesus. He had a vision in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, and he said, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges. And what does he do? He makes, help me out, he makes war. He makes war, and his eyes are like a blazing fire, and his head are many crowns, and he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. And out of his mouth 
comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with an iron scepter, and on his robe and on his thigh, there, there is a name. He has a name written, and what is that name, you guys? He is called the what? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, that's why this series that we've been doing is called Brave, and it's devoted to all of you brave men and women that we have in the house today who have a heart to fight. Why? And you can write this down if you want to. If you want to take notes, you can. Because God has created you to be brave. God has created each one of us to be brave. And I pray that God would build you up and show you who he wants you to become. Because the problem is that even today, even today, if God would do a search in so many churches around the world, he would do a search. He's looking for brave, godly men and brave, godly women. And, and he would, the result would be that there is simply not enough. And this was a problem for years. And even back in the Old Testament, you look in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. This is what God said. He said, one time I went out and I looked for what? Say it aloud. I looked for someone. You guys can read it with me. I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But how many of these brave men and women did God find? Say it with me. I found no one. I found zero. God is saying, I was looking for some men and women of integrity. I was looking for someone who would be willing to stand up and work and sacrifice. Brave men and women. Brave men and women who would have a heart to fight. But I looked and I found none. And my prayer is that we would not, it would not be said of me. My prayer is that it would not be said of us here at Doral Vineyard. That he would say, you know what, I have to stop here because I found some brave men and women. And you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, one of the most prevailing thoughts by many is that you're just a nice person. You're just a nice person. You're safe. You're nice. And yet when we look at scripture, we see that men and women of God are so much more than just nice People, that's a side of us, but there's another side of us as well. And so I say to you, men and women, my goal is to build you up because for so long, people have told you what you're not instead of who you are. And God created you to be brave and to have a heart to fight. You are created with something that God put within you and you know it. You have something for which you desire to fight. You have something within you that if you want, you can write this down, ladies and gentlemen. Here, write this down. Every brave man and woman has a cause to fight for, has a cause to fight for. There is something that takes place inside the heart of a man, inside the heart of a woman, when they recognize there is a cause outside of themselves, there is a cause outside of yourself for which you're willing to give your life. There's something inside a man and something inside of a woman, a godly desire to fight for that which is righteous and pure and right and true. And you want to talk about a brave woman. How about a brave queen? We are full this morning of brave queens in the house today. And I want to tell you about a brave woman who not only accepted but embraced this cause to fight for and risked her life to see this cause have justice and, and, and be made right. And the verse there is in Esther, chapter 4, verse 14. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your family will perish. 
And who knows but that you have been called, have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Such a time as this. How many of you know that you guys are queens in the house today? We actually have a queen in the house today. And Spanish queen is reina. And there's a reina in the house. Reina, can you wave at everybody? In case you didn't know, we have a reina in our house today. And I love the way Nehemiah says this in the Old Testament. He had a cause to fight for. The walls of the city were broken down and the people of God were vulnerable and they were like, well, you know what? Someone should do something about this. And Nehemiah said, you know what? I'm gonna do something about this. I'm not, I can't stand that the walls of my people, the walls of the city have been broken down. I'm gonna do something. And so he mustered all the people of the town and he inspired them and he said, there is a battle before you. This is what he said in Nehemiah 4.14. He said, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of your enemies. He said, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. He said, what? He, he said here is what we're going to do. What are we going to do? What does it say there? He said, we're going to what? Help me out, someone. We are going to fight. It's time to be brave and to fight. And how are we going to, are we going to fight for ourselves? No. He says, we're fighting for whom? We're fighting for our families. He says, fight for your families, for your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. And they were ready to do just that. There is something outside of us for which we are all brave for because we have a heart to fight. And they all rallied around because there's something about us as humans that we love to fight for a cause outside of ourselves. Oh yeah, I'll fight for them. I'll fight for the broken. I'll fight for these families. I'll fight for that. And since we're talking about a heart to fight and we're in this series of Brave, I, I, I tried to find a way to weave in this quote from this movie called Braveheart, which is I think a top movie of all time. And I was like, I gotta fit it in somehow. It's a famous line. And, and after I read this line, you might just stand up and worship and that's okay. You can, all right? It's just so inspiring. Here is what he said. He said, fight and you may die. Run you little cowards, and you will live at least a while and dine in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that one for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they will never take away our freedom? Internally, there's something craving inside of us. It's just living for something outside of this world. You're craving for something more because until you find that cause for which you're willing to die, you never truly fully live. The brave have a cause to fight for. And so the second foundational thought, if you're taking notes, is this. The brave, without a cause to fight for, will fight against the wrong thing. Without the right cause to fight for, the brave will fight against the wrong thing. And this is where we get a little bit dee-dee-dee, where we get a little bit uh, McFly, a little foolish, a little ignorant. We got to knock on our heads, unfortunately, and we're just too good at this. Without the right cause to fight for, we get bored and we fight against the wrong things. You'll see people all the time fighting against the authority above them at their jobs. They're fighting against their jobs or against God. They become rebellious and in a self-destructive way. You'll find men and women who hurt the people who love them the most because they become self-destructive. They become destructive, and we take those around us with us. You will see guys who got bored and do the most stupidest things ever. You'll see gals throw away their marriage in a moment of boredom. 
one stupid lustful desire and they self-destruct. You'll see people who hurt the people who are trying to help them most because the brave will have a heart to fight, but without the right cause, they will become destructive. An example of this is Saul of Tarsus. He was this, this way in the New Testament. He didn't understand the cause of Christ. And so he hurt the most important people and the most important cause because he was brave with a heart to fight without the right cause. Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 3. It says this, but Saul... What did he begin to do? Say it aloud. He began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and he put them in prison. He killed innocent men and believers and women because they were brave. And he was brave with the heart to fight but for the wrong cause. And so I know there are some who are going, okay, Abdi, you know, Pastor Abdi, you know, can you dial that down a little bit? All that fight and heart, heart to fight and, you know, you sound so violent. Can you just, like, dial that down a little bit? Or, you know, you, you came so, so ready to, you know, do something. And yes, I did <laughs> this morning. And, and, and you, maybe you're here and you're feeling like, you know, you should dial that down. Maybe the reason is because you have felt someone, uh, uh, the strength of someone else gone bad. Because that can happen. The strength that God gives us is to be used for great good, but sadly, though, it can be used for great evil as well. And so to be brave with the heart to fight, ladies and gentlemen, that's who you are. God made you brave with this heart so you can have a cause to fight for. But without a divine cause from heaven, you will fight against the wrong battle over and over and over again. So I would say to you, name your cause. What is it? What is it that, that, that you have that you're saying, you know what, I'm going to fight for this? And your cause may change over time. You know, the cause of an 18-year-old, an 18-year-old man, an 18-year-old woman is going to change. Right now, it, it might be a certain cause, but over time, it, it may be something different than what a 37-year-old has a cause for. The brave with hearts to fight at 37-year-olds, they will, they will have a different cause. The brave with hearts to fight at 82-year-olds, they'll, they'll have men and women, they'll be seasoned veterans, and they'll have a different cause to fight for. But what is it? What is your divine cause right now? Some of us, it better be our marriage. And I'll just help you name it because your marriage is not what God intended it to be. And your enemy, the enemy of your soul is attacking you. And it's time for you to do something about it. And that's your cause. You ca your cause may be to say today, sweetheart or honey, I haven't been living up to my end of the bargain. I haven't been doing what I, what I should be doing as a man or as a woman of God that, that, that he has called me to be. And today I want to surrender my life fully to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And our marriage, our family is going to be different because I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve our children. I'm going to serve in a spiritually different way. And that's your cause. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you, your cause is your children because your children are, are straying away from the truth of God right now. And you may be brave in a business area. You may be brave in sports or you may be brave in fashion, but you're passive at home and where you should be the bravest of all and where you should be standing in the gap for your children and saying, no, I'm going to pray you back in. I'm going to coach you back in. I'm going to love you back in. Some of us, our cause will be financial freedom because, because sadly too many of us are willing to, 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 to entertain the lie and buy into the lie that more material things bring happiness. And right now we are strapped financially and we can't do hardly anything financially for the kingdom of God because we don't have anything to do anything with. And, and so you know what? We're going to say enough is enough. I will give our way out of this financial juggernaut. 
and so th- that we can make a difference and live for this cause. Now, others of us, we're, we're wanting to be brave with the heart to fight, but we're living down this line as a recipient of generational curses. And our parents, one of them was addicted to lust, and one of their parents was addicted to lust. And on and on and on you go, and you see a grandparent who had an affair, and right now we find ourselves continuing to pass on this generational curse. But today, we are, we are not just wanting to be brave. Today, we're going to be brave, and we're going to say, enough is enough. My sons and my daughters will not receive this. I am drawing a line in the sand, and I will walk and live purely in integrity, and I will be brave with the help of Christ who will defeat this enemy. I want you to name your cause. Maybe it's something bigger than you. Maybe it's something outside of you. You might ask, well, Pastor Abdi, what's your cause? Oh, unquestionably, I can tell you what my cause is. My cause is you. My cause is you. And I, 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 I have this uneasy feeling in my, it, when I go to bed at night and I wake up in the middle of the night as I pray for you. And it, it's a burden and it consumes me. It, it's inside of me because I'm so afraid that there are people who are inside our church walls who will go to church on Sunday, but there's no evidence of the work of Christ in their lives on Monday. They're false believers, false believers with the false sense of, of, of security, you know, looking the appearance of godliness but lacking the power thereof, no real power of God in their lives. And my heart breaks for those outside, those outside of these walls, those who don't even see a need for God, and it consumes me. I want, you, I want with everything inside of me for you to understand who you are, for you to understand the weapons that are available to you to do battle with, that helmet of salvation, that shield of faith, that breastplate of righteousness, that belt of truth, and that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and the feet that are prepared with the readiness of the gospel of peace, and and the ability you have to pray in the Spirit, and on all occasions to realize that that very same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you who are believers. I crave for that. I can, sa- I can taste it. I, I see it. I know it's going to happen, and I'm going to fight for that. You know what? I'm going to die for that. That's why I love to live. I love to live because you are the cause I'm willing to die for. I am brave, and I have a heart to fight for this cause, and it consumes me, and I want you to name your cause because without one, you'll be fighting the wrong battle every single time. You will destruct and self-destruct, and you will hurt those around you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to fight. It's time to stop being nice guys, and it's time to fight. And there's two ways to fight, okay? There's two ways. The first one, if you're taking notes, is that sometimes you got to throw a punch. Sometimes you got to throw a punch. Now, I may have said something so far that has already bothered you and offended you, and I just want to say I'm sorry. And if I haven't yet, just come back next Sunday because I'm sure I'm an equal opportunity offender, but uh, you'll get your chance then. I promise you, Scripture is very clear in the book of Ecclesiastes that there is a time for everything. There's a time for peace, and there's a time for war. There's a time for peace, and there's a time to fight. And so, ladies and gentlemen, there is a time to fight. And I'm telling you it this way, uh, that it is now. Look, if someone were to break into my house with me in my house and my family in my house, I pity the fool. I pity them because I'm going to take them down. 
You see, I have some skills, particular set of skills, and I will not hesitate to discharge my duties as a protector and defender of my family. And I will kick, and I will scratch, and I will poke your eyes out if I have to, but you are going down. You're going down. I'm not going to let you do what you want to do. And I, you know, the thing is that so many times when we deprive our people from the right to fight, you know what happens? We're trying to make them become into something that they're not. And deep within them craves the right to stand up and have a heart to fight for that which is true, for that which is pure. Now what I'm not doing is, I'm not saying when we leave here today in the parking lot, go take, you know, go take somebody on. I'm not saying that, right? I'm not, I'm not asking you to be an uneducated brute. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that when it's time to fight, it's time to fight. And one of the greatest fights that we can fight is the spiritual battle that we have. Let me tell you, we fight any way we can in spiritual battle. We scratch, we poke, we do whatever. We, you guys hearing me today? I want you to hear this, ladies and gentlemen, that we have a fight before us, and when we fight, we fight brave, because it's life and death. It's heaven and hell, all right? There's a spiritual enemy who hates your guts, and he's coming after you and everyone you love, and men and women. It's time to fight. You know, the greatest way to fight is on your knees. It's the greatest way to fight. It's where most of our battles that we fight will be fought and won. We fight as men and women of God in prayer. That's how you throw the knockout punch, is in prayer. But you may need to throw a punch in other ways as well. Throwing a punch may mean that we might need to step in between our children and the crowd, that, the wrong crowd that they're hanging out with. Or we might need to say, you know what? We're leaving this job because this job spiritually is not good for me. It's not a good environment. We may need to confront someone. Ladies and gentlemen, some of us, and I want to say this, you got permission to fight like a brave man and like a brave woman with the heart that you have that God has made you to be. We got permission to fight like a brave man and like a brave woman that God has called you to be. And you can throw a punch. Can somebody say yes? Praying is one of the ways that we throw a punch. We do something spiritually. In, uh, in Puerto Rican, they say, El vino hacho hoy. I came like ready to rah, 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 rah. I came. That's the way I came today. That's, that's, that's what Puerto Rican says. El vino hacho. That's, I came ready. There's another way to fight. We're going to keep going. You ready? And this may surprise those who are going, yeah, throw the first punch. I like that. I like that. Talk more about throw the first punch. This is the second way to fight. The second way to fight is we turn a cheek. You may want to write that down. Sometimes we turn a cheek. Jesus there were times that he was willing to throw a punch, and there were times that he was willing to turn his cheek. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was prepared to give his life, and the Roman soldiers, they came to arrest him. Peter did what some of us would do, draw a sword, right? He swung his sword, and he, he tried to hit one of the Roman soldiers' head, and he missed, and he clipped his ear. And Jesus basically said, Peter, sheath your sword. Now is not the time. Our weapons today are not a sword, but our weapon today is love. And let me tell you what Jesus did. Jesus, he fought the fiercest battle, and he did it by turning his cheek with a divine love that, he could, that could only come from heaven. And they blindfolded him, and they beat him with these big Roman soldiers, signet rings in their face, and again and again, they beat and whipped him, and they took it, they, they took it to him. 39 times they whooped him. 
until his internal organs were hanging out, and they beat him until it was actually prophesied of him that he didn't even look like a man. He looked like an animal. And he hung on a cross, and at any moment he could have spoken the word, and legions of angels would have come down and, and would have taken everybody out, would have wiped them all out. But he didn't do that. He fought with love. He fought the fiercest battle with love. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes the way we fight, sometimes the way we fight is that we forgive. We forgive those who have hurt us. We will absorb the pain like a brave man, like a brave woman that you are. Other times you're going to be humble and you're gonna fight with love, and you're gonna repent of your sins, and you're gonna, your lack of leadership, you're gonna repent of that, and you're gonna repent of your lack of godliness, and your lack of integrity, and you're gonna say to those around you, would you please forgive me? I've not been the man, I've not been the woman that God has called me to be, and you're gonna fight like that. Because you see, the tomb was rolled away, and Jesus was alive, and the disciples, they, they didn't believe it. He can't be back. He's dead, he can't be back. They didn't believe it. They, they, they said, we have to touch him. And so they got to eat with him, and they got to spend time with him, and they watched him as he ascended into heaven. And let me tell you about the 12. John, he died of old age. Judas, he hung himself. But the rest, they all died brave deaths for the cause of Christ. They all died the death of a martyr. And they saw him, and they knew he was alive. And their only reasonable response was, this is a cause for which I was created to give my life. And these disciples, they became some of the bravest who ever lived, I believe, up until now. Because I believe there are brave men and women who will be born today into the family of God, who will surrender their lives to the very same cause and say, because he is risen, I will live for him. This is the only cause for which I am going to worthy of my life. This is the greatest cause on planet earth because the tomb is empty. It's not a game. Following Jesus is not a playground. It is a battleground. It's not something you do on Sundays. It is your life. Jesus does not become your Savior. He becomes the Lord in every single way. Ladies and gentlemen, we may be, we may be here at this church, and, and may, may we be the church born of God with the Spirit of God, brave, willing to give our lives for the, for the cause of Christ. Anything else, we're selling ourselves short. Would you say yes? You were created by God, by God, for his purposes and for his glory. You have a heart to be brave. And don't let anyone else tell you anything less. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to fight. Some of you have battles that you must win and that you must win decisively. You must win them decisively. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you and will help bring you victory. You are created to make a difference on this planet. Can you say yes? Would you bow your heads and let me pray for you today? God, thank you for your presence, for your resurrection. Thank you for a Savior that not only can we worship, but that we can admire and honor and respect, who can also inspire us to say we want to be like that, one who demands our ultimate allegiance and loyalty and worship and heart and our only reasonable response is to give him our lives. And just as you're praying today, 
many of you right now, you recognize that you've got a battle. You've got a battle, and it's a battle that you need to win, and you need to win it decisively. And you know you cannot win it alone, and you want to ask for God's power. The King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. His presence and his strength will give you the ultimate victory. And so my question is, for those of you here right now, that you say, I want to be brave. I want to be brave like you're talking about. Would you just stand with me right now? I want to pray for you. Those of you who would say, I want to be brave. I want want to be this brave person that God is calling me to be. Would you just stand with me right now? All over this place, there are people that are standing. And we're going to say a prayer. God, may your power be made evident in our lives. God, we pray that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I pray that you would help us to see that the ultimate battle is a spiritual one. This spiritual one that we battle, it's not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities of this dark world. May your Holy Spirit stir within every person today to be brave. God, to fight for that which is true, right, and pure and where the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. God, I pray that we would be able to draw a spiritual line in the sand and say, no, you cannot come here. This isn't yours. This is God. This is God's, and this does belong to to him. It does not belong to you. This is God's, and I pray that you would protect families, that you would do miracles, I pray that you would do what only you can do in the heart of your people today who seek you. God, we pray in the Spirit on all occasions, and we fight with your sword of the Spirit. And God, we thank you in advance for the resurrection power that will be made evident in our lives as we surrender ourselves to you. We pray for your good, for your glory, for your name's sake. We ask that you make yourself known and bring victory where others think it's impossible. We surrender completely to you, God. And today as we're praying, many of you right now, you're becoming brave, a true spiritual fighter because truthfully, many of you, some of you are not. You've been around the church for years and years, but there was nothing brave inside of you. You, you say, but in so many places, my faith is so self-centered. And you're like, Jesus, do this for me, and do this for me, and do this for me, and just keep me out of hell, and blah, 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 blah. And that's not the faith I see in Scripture. The faith I see in Scripture, it says, you know, I deny myself. I lay down my life. I serve the one who gave his life for me, the only reasonable response is for me to turn from my sin, to turn from all the selfish things in my life and say, Jesus, would you take it all? I want to be on the front line. I want to be brave. I want to do the battle for that which is true, for that which is right. I want to be fully committed to you. There are some of you, you've been like far from God and you haven't even been around the church, but something's happening on the inside of you right now. And let me tell you what that is. That is the Spirit of God, and He is drawing you. And you're about to be in the middle of a spiritual battle because God wants you, and the devil doesn't want to let you go. And you've got a choice to make, and this, is, this isn't going to be life as usual. 
You're going to be life pursuing my own pleasures. No, no, no. You're going to turn from your sin because that sin separates you from God and you're going to turn to Jesus who is the Son of God who died so that your sins could be forgiven and he rose again. And I just want to encourage you to call out on his name. Scripture says that all of your sins will be forgiven. You will be brand new. You will be filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And you will belong to God. You will have his purposes. You will have his power. And you can glorify him in every way. It's not a safe, it's not a small decision. It's a full-on, blown commitment to Jesus I surrender all to you. My only reasonable response to your death and resurrection is this, that you would take it all, my whole life, every bit of it, the past, the present, and the future. I give it to you today. Jesus, save me and be the Lord of my life. Make me a spiritual fighter. If that's your prayer today, I'm just going to invite you to lift your hand high right now, just all over this place. Just lead them up, will you? I just want to meet you eye to eye. Just look up at me. I see those hands. You can put them down. Look at me. God bless you. I see those hands. You can put them down. I see those hands. You can put them down. I see those hands. You can put them down. God bless you. You're saying, I want to be brave. I want to be brave for you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? I see that hand. You can put it down in the back. God bless you. You're saying, I want to be brave. I see that hand too the back. God bless you. We're going to pray a prayer together. Praise God for you. Everybody pray this prayer aloud with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Let's pray it together. Let me hear you. Say, Heavenly Father. Everybody together one more time. Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. I surrender to you. I believe Jesus. He died for me so I can live for you. It is my only response. Take my whole life, every bit of it, my past, my present, my future. It's yours. Make me a fighter, a spiritual fighter, one of yours, God, a disciple of Jesus, forever and ever. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Would you guys celebrate with me? Thank you, Jesus.